Before we look at God's words together, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we have heard your word read to us, and as I speak the words you've helped me prepare, help us to have hearts open, ready to hear from you, speaking directly into our lives today. And pray for the readiness for us to act on it. In Jesus' name I pray, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. How are you at waiting? Are we good at waiting? Waiting is something that many people struggle with because we live in a world of instance. Instant needs can be met, instant answers, actions, gratification. How many of us, not, might not be the case for everybody, but how many of us wait with our phones waiting for our friends to reply? And we see the, the dots and we think, oh yes, I'm going to get a reply, and then nothing. Or how many of us are desperate maybe in the evening for think, oh, fancy a waffle. Well, let's just go on Just Eats and we can get Moomoo's to come and deliver it. We live in a world of instant gratification. We don't have to wait for much. I wonder if you've heard of the Stanford Marshmallow experiment. It first took place in the 1970s. And psychologists wanted to see what would happen if children were left in a room alone with a treat of their choice in front of them. And then the children were told that the psychologist was going to leave the room and return 15 minutes later. And if the child hadn't touched the treat that was in front of them, they could get twice the amount of treat that they would have had before. The children had to wait, but if they waited, they could expect something twice as good as they originally would have received. There are a few videos out there on the internet um, and on YouTube, and they show various versions of this experiment. Most do involve marshmallows. Some of the children don't even try to wait. Person leaves the room, in the mouth, done. <laughs> Some nibble and pick and try and hide that they've kind of eaten half of it because they've gone up inside the marshmallow. Some children sit on their hands. Some cover their eyes so they can't see. They are quite funny to watch. <laughs> but the point of the original research, of the original experiment, was to see what would win out, the need for instant gratification, or whether the treat of twice as much would drive the children beyond the need for instant gain. Were they prepared to wait, expectant of what they would get if they did? Our Gospel reading today from Luke, said the people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. They were filled with expectation. It made me wonder, am I filled with expectation that God will act in my life this year? Am I filled with expectation that he'll work in the lives of all of us here at St. Luke's? Am I filled with expectation that things are going to change for our community in Ramsgate? Am I filled with expectation that our living, breathing God, who is here by the work of his spirit, is going to act? We're a week into 2022. Are we filled with expectation that God is going to be at work this year? Do we believe he's still at work in our world? Do we believe he has the power to act? And do we ask him to? These are things that we're going to explore as we look closer at our passage this morning. You see, the Jewish people were waiting for a promised Messiah. 
They'd been waiting hundreds of years from when God had first promised this through his prophets in the Old Testament to the time when John and Jesus walked the earth. In verse 15 of our passage this morning, we see that they were expectant. They knew God was going to act. They'd been waiting for it. We know this because they were seeing John baptizing and preaching, and they wondered, is this him? Are we finally going to see God's promised Messiah after hundreds and hundreds of years? They were wondering if John could be the answer to the promise of God about this Messiah. One commentator puts it, there was messianic expectation in the air. Doesn't that sound like, oh, amazing? Just to me anyway. Can you imagine? Do we have that expectation in the air this year for God to work? If I'm honest, I'm not sure I always do, and I pray that that is what I would want this year, to have that expectation of him to act. Do we believe God will, as he fulfilled the promise of bringing a Messiah into the world, do we believe he will continue to fulfill his promises in our lives? The Bible is full of promises. These are just a handful. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For he, Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. And Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. These are just a handful of promises. You can search for many, many more. Do we believe that God longs to fulfill those promises in our lives this year? You see, God had promised his people a Messiah. Hundreds of years later, here they are still expectant of God's promises. And we can see from this reading that the Jewish people were right to be expectant. Even if they initially got it wrong in terms of how they thought God was going to fulfill his promises. Because in verse 16, John tells them the Messiah is coming. They are right to be expectant, but the one that's coming is far superior to John. Both in terms of who he is, when John says there's one that is more powerful than I, and far superior in terms of the baptism that he was going to bring baptizing with the Holy Spirit and fire. John tells them Jesus is superior to him. He uses the description of not being worthy to untie Jesus' sandal straps to emphasize his position of being lowly and Jesus as being greater. There's a rabbinic saying that says, Every service which a slave performs for a master shall a disciple do for his teacher except the loosing of his sandal thong. You see, disciples weren't expected to untie their master's sandals because that was too lowly a thing to do. That's what slaves did. That was just a step too far. But John was saying, I'm even lower 
than a slave. I do not even, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. I'm less and less. Jesus was far, far better is what John's saying. I am not the one you should be expecting, but he's coming. But not only did John say that Jesus had the power that was far greater than John, but also the baptism was superior, as he said. You see, Jesus' baptism of Holy Spirit and fire is one of forgiveness, of transformation and purification, one that involves God's generosity, the power and strength of his Holy Spirit within each believer. See, those that come to faith in Jesus will be, as one commentator puts it, purified by fire and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. How great does that sound, to be purified by fire and strengthened by the Holy Spirit? Luke's use of John describing Jesus' baptism as one of fire and the Spirit and then using the imagery of the winnowing fork and the burning chaff by unquenchable fire shows that the Messiah has the power to bring a judgment that's complete and a forgiveness that brings life. Jesus is God's... Put my teeth back in. Jesus is God's Messiah, even. God's plan for salvation. And the proof of Jesus being God's Messiah, the chosen one, was that he would be the Son of God. And we hear that when the voice of heaven in verse 22 says, You are my Son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. You see, different theologians believe this indicates that it's more than just God being delighted with Jesus. But the words indicate that God's favour rests on Jesus that he is the one on whom God's plan for salvation is centred. So do we know Jesus as the way of forgiveness? Do we believe in his power as the Son of God? And do we believe he's active now through his Spirit? Because this is what Luke's Gospel is showing us in these verses, that Jesus has the power and he gave us his spirit. But not only does Jesus' baptism show his identity as God's son and his power, but this account of Jesus' baptism in Luke's gospel says something about prayer and God's revelation of himself. You see, in this account in Luke's gospel of Jesus' baptism, very little is said of the baptism in water at all. Jesus was baptized. <laughs> But what is then said is that the voice and the after things come when Jesus is praying. These are the words. And when Jesus also had been baptised and was praying, the heaven was opened. See, Luke, especially in his book, focuses on the importance of prayer, the importance of that relationship between person and God, between Jesus and his heavenly Father. There are seven accounts of Jesus praying in Luke's Gospel that are in none of the other Gospels. And often these accounts occur at big step moments in Jesus' life. And this one is the beginning of his ministry. See, through prayer, it's not just bringing requests to God, 
But it's about building a relationship with him, about being strengthened by hearing his voice, about being comforted by knowing his promises in our lives, by being prompted by his spirit in how we should live and how we should act, in who we should love and who we should share the truth of Jesus with. Do we turn to God in the big decisions of life? Do we ask God into our every day? Do we believe that when we do bring requests before God, that he will answer? You see, the passage today focuses on expectant people waiting for God to fulfill his promises. It points to the power of Jesus, his role in salvation, and the baptism he brings of Holy Spirit and fire, and shows a connection between prayer and God's revelation of himself. When we spend more and more time in prayer with God, he changes what we might pray for. He helps us to be lit on fire with his passion. We become passionate about things we never thought we might be passionate about. But what does that mean for us? So like the Jews in verse 15, do we have the same expectation of God being at work in our lives through our faith in Jesus and by the power of his Holy Spirit? Do we go through the motions sometimes of coming to church to worship God, to encounter him, but do we really expect to meet him? Do we seek his blessings in our lives and expect him to come through? Do we bring our concerns and fears to God and expect answers to our prayers? Do we believe he longs for us to know him more and more, to rely on him more and more, to receive blessings from him? I wonder, do we have expectations of what is to come in this year ahead? And do we have the same expectancy to see God act in our lives, to bring solutions to problems? to direct how we live and act in the year ahead? Are we waiting expectantly for God? Remember the marshmallow experiment that I mentioned at the beginning? How would you have fared? Are we able to wait expectantly for God to act in our lives? Or do we become impatient? When it comes to God, our passage shows he has power to fulfill his promises. He is active in this world. He's the son of God. But are we people that want instant gratification and answers, and if they're not met, we give up on God and we look in other places? Or will we persevere in seeking God for the way to live our lives, for our wants and needs to be met through him, spending time with God in prayer, through reading the Bible, through having conversation with with our family here at St Luke's and in the wider community. So let's be expectant that in this year of 2022, that God will be at work in our lives, that we'll encounter him more and more, grow in our faith, grow in our unity as his church, and that we would see others come to faith in Jesus. See, God fulfilled his promises through Jesus to bring salvation and act in the world. You are my son, the voice from heaven said.
and he continues to do so through the power of his Holy Spirit. We can be expectant of God in this year ahead. He has the power, so let us be dedicated to prayer, asking for blessing, for guidance in living our lives and to see his promises fulfilled. And in our prayers, let us ask God to help us to be expectant of encountering him more and more, that we would grow in our faith, grow in unity, and see others come to faith in Jesus through God's work in the world, through his Holy Spirit. And I pray this over us all and ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.